Hello, friends, and welcome to episode seven of the Chavo podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dion. If you're new here, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check me out. For the OG listeners, thank you once again for continuing to rock with me and support. Now, as some of you may be aware of, I recently jumped off into the art world as a form of expressing myself in ways that I hadn't been able to through my music or photography over the years. So today was super cool because I had the opportunity to welcome the first artist I've ever had here on Chalvo, as well as the first time that I'm chatting with someone that I've never met in real life. So my guest today, Katrin Lauchner, happens to be the illustrator for the children's book, my former guest from episode five, Dr. Denise Mueller-Doom wrote. And when Denise originally showed me the book's artwork, it really caught my eye. I've been an avid reader basically my whole life, and one of my favorite places to be is a cozy bookstore. And ever since I was a child, because I'm such a visual person, the artwork in books first and later on album covers has always mesmerized me. So I was really excited to speak with Katrin on her influences, her decision to switch from graphic design to book illustrating, and find out a bit on how it was growing up in East Germany. So let's jump right in. I wanted to have you on the show because Chalvo is all about um, introducing people to the community, um, the worldwide community. So the first question that I like to start with is how do you define the word community? What does the word community mean to you? This is like a really, really big question. It's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think uh, community is something that works from... Um, a sm small radius uh, within your uh, geographical uh, community towards uh, hey. the whole picture. I think if you start to change uh, things for the better within uh, your village or city or town, um, you start uh, some kind of snowball effect um, towards the, the outside. And um, right. I think um, it's really important to um, be an active part of the community. So it's, it's uh, actually able to change uh, and uh, to become better. Of course, uh, we have um, social media. So uh, the work community is not what it uh, was <laughs> some years ago. <laughs> That's, this is true. Yeah, this so, is... um, but actually, in, in, I think in social media, you, you have the same uh, phenomenon, like um, in, in a village or in a small town, 
you have your um, your followers, you have your friends, you have uh, people you you don't know at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking That's at also what, true. Yes, <laughs> looking at what you're doing, and um, I think it's it doesn't matter at all if you start um, to um, make your village or city a little bit greener, for example, and to 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 just share this uh, what you what you did in in a small circle somehow to um, actually um, make your uh, social media community um, a better place too um, by sharing information uh, how to um, yes to to just do little things and and see that they have a bit big impact um, yeah so I, this is how I, I try to define community uh, but actually I think it's um, It's made of uh, what you're focused on. So if there are some bad parts in your community that you don't like, um, like um, uh, um, in my in my town, I'm I'm a northern Germany girl town, <laughs> and here the people eh? are, are more like a little bit stubborn sometimes, not so much. Uh, um, Uh, outgoing and uh, you know in, in corona times we had this joke going on uh, like okay we have to have like uh, one and a half meter of distance and uh, the joke was oh yeah. that's not comfortable for us because we actually always tend uh, to have like four meters of distance here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is like this is like how uh northern germans uh are in in, in mecklenburg vorpommern the part where i'm living in and so uh it's it's always hard to um bond these people to each other and and do something for the community but if you uh, reach a certain point of um Uh, I will stick to this, and you don't, uh, you don't bring me down. Uh, there are some surprises uh, I experienced in this time because they start to open up and they they start to change. So I think uh, community means um, to uh, bring people together, and no matter. Right what uh what or who or uh, yeah it doesn't matter the human it just matters that they they sometimes uh, just come together and really start to um talk and to share and um to um, change for the better <laughs> mentioned like you know you kind of start small and look at things then like on the on the on the bigger scale. So I also have this thought that um, positive impact on the people around you and your direct community, then that can also spread to the bigger community. Um, you mentioned that you live in Northern Germany. Were you born and raised in Northern Germany? Yes. But my family is originated in um, uh, Erzgebirge. Uh, it's uh, a small part of Saxony. So um, they are a little bit more outgoing and open uh, than 
uh, regular Northern Germans. <laughs> and it's so good to have you on the show because you are an illustrator, and I got familiar with your work because you illustrated the book, or I guess now two children's books from a previous guest, uh, Denise, who's also a friend of mine. So I find being an illustrator to be a really interesting and cool job because I started to read quite early. But of course, before I could read, it was strictly the illustrations which captured my attention. And I wanted to know were you always an artist, even as a child? Was being an illustrator a lifelong dream of yours or something you aspired to be later on? Um, <laughs> Actually, yes, I always wanted to be a children's book uh, illustrator. And this sounds strange because I took so many... Uh, you got a detour to get where you are now, okay? Yes. Um, it's the same thing for me. I started uh, to read really early and uh, I got uh, drawn towards um, the illustrations of the books uh, way before I could read. Um, and I started to um, make my own stories as a kid and uh, draw the little pictures for it and um, I couldn't even remember this, but uh, some time ago, my mom just opened a box I never knew existed. And there were so many stories and drawings uh, of myself uh, with little rabbits. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So but um, I, I studied uh, before I, I got into this, uh, I studied um, anglistics, even though it's 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 not hearing anymore because I'm not so good in talking. I I love to read English, but uh, I'm I don't have so much chances to to talk in English. Um, um I'm I'm better in, in written English, <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No, um, sounds great. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I studied uh, anglistics and philosophy uh, before then I stopped and uh, I came back to Wismar. I studied in Greifswald before um, and uh, when I came back to Wismar, I started uh, to study communication design and media. And uh, I actually became a graphic designer before I somehow remembered that I really, really want to go back to uh, illustration and uh, okay. go back to to children's illustration in specific. And yes, so um, and then I became ill. And uh, yeah, this sounds cheesy too, but I made a bucket list. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, yeah. Then this was like I think three, three. Four, I think four years ago, um, when I started to uh, focus on on children's illustration, and uh, yeah, no, this happened <laughs> with Denise. I met her, and yeah, I'm I'm still um, at the point of realizing that uh, there are two children's books now uh, with my name on it. It's uh, it's really strange, but but it's awesome. <laughs> 
So are these your first two books or had you yes. done books before? None of these. Oh, the these are the first. Yes. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. I thought you had been just illustrating books for a while because, yeah, they look great. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm really impressed by the work and, you know, congrats again that these are your first two books and that you are starting your new path. Now, obviously, graphic design and, and illustration are both creative disciplines, but would you say or do you view them as being very different or the same? Um, it's definitely not the same, but it uh, goes well with each other. Mm. Uh, for the first book, I also made the layout um, and choose the font. So th this was graphic design tool. So um, I think uh, if you are able to uh, design a product or um, um, uh, a visual, uh, some kind of visual communication, because this is what illustration and graphic design is all about. Um, right. It's always good if you have a plan, so you can illustrate quite freely. If uh, if it's for, um, for example, for a poster or for um, um, a banner in the internet, for social media right. or whatever, uh, you are quite free to. Um, completely uh, express yourself or the matter <laughs> but if uh, you are planning a book um, it's always good to know uh, how much text will be on this side and uh, how much information is uh, is given in this part and how can I uh, illustrate something about it that is not seen in the text and which still pulls the eye. So um, the planning is some kind of more, yeah, it's, it's, it's graphic design actually. So to, to uh, think about how the text and the illustration goes well together. Um, yeah, so it, it depends for, for what you illustrate. <laughs> Did you know any illustrators before you decided to switch careers? Yes, I uh, personally are. Personally. Um, I have a lot of friends with, uh, with whom I studied um, and some of them became illustrators. Um, uh, one of them uh, is a really, really awesome uh, comic uh, book illustrator and she, she's living in Berlin. I think she was one of, of my bigger uh, inspirations to um, to go through with this and say, okay, I, I'm right. able to do this. So, yeah, I I know some illustrators, but uh, not the big ones personally. Like, uh, I love Yuko Shimizu, for example. She's awesome. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know these big inspirations by by uh personally but i have some friends who illustrate as well yes 
Now, are you a um, comic book fan or nerd? Um, I got into comics around uh, seven years old because of one of my uncles. Um, are comics or have, have comics been an influence uh, on your life as well? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I I started with uh, with Mickey Mouse uh, with um, with the books. You know the um, uh, I don't know what's if you have it in this format in in uh, in the states and uh, in, in Germany it's called Lustiges Taschenbuch. Is it like the graphic novels or? No, it's it's uh, the comic strips. Uh, it's comic strips uh, uh, collections of Mickey Mouse and Donald and all of these. So I started with this when I was about four years old. Yeah. yeah so I started with these, and there was no market uh, in Germany for comics uh, at that time. I grew up in um, in in uh, the uh, DDR. Uh, woof, ooh, what's what's the English word? Um, oh, you grew up oh in East Germany. Yes. <laughs> okay. uh, when when this, the 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 uh, walls was um, was up, right? Yes. So <laughs> uh, there was no market at all. So I was really really happy when um, uh, when the wall fell and uh, there were some some more comics available so um before before the world fell there was no western influenced uh, comic books at all so we had like really great children's books uh from eastern right. uh europe uh, a lot from czechia and uh from the czech republic yes and um yeah you have to look into them they are amazing and after the well of the world fell, it was um, just like a really long process to uh, to order new comics, uh, and I uh, got some um, Marvel comics. Uh, I loved. I don't know if you know uh, Witchblade. Yes. 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 I loved this. <laughs> Uh, I was a little bit early with this. I think I was just like 10 or 11 years old when I started to read this and I was so amazed by the illustrations. So um, I, I got uh, hooked up by, by fantasy uh, themes as well. And then I got in contact with uh, the, the manga uh, scene as well. So I read a lot of mangas and uh, as soon as the first graphic novels uh, arrived in, in Germany I was so relieved because this was always the um, the sort of thing I was waiting for somehow like it's a whole book it's a huge story it's just not a little booklet and you're sad when you you read through because it's so short but you have this this really big thing that is almost an art book and you can just uh Yes, Greg Thompson was the first one I read. I think it's Blankets. Yes, Blankets. I read Blankets first. <laughs> and are you still reading comics today? Yeah, mainly graphic novels. Okay. Mm -hmm. In um, paperback or digital format? A paperback, if I get my hands on it. <laughs> now, because you grew up in East Germany, do you feel that 
upbringing has had a direct or indirect influence on your art and the style of your art? Whew, this is also a complicated question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it, it, it <laughs> yeah, because I'm still in the middle of finding my thing, you know, um, and it's hard for me because I, I really love to draw in different directions and I, uh, yes, as I told you, I'm, I love graphic novels, so I'm, I'm widely influenced by this, but when it comes to a children's art, um, I think uh, it's, it's a big mix um, and it also depends for whom you are drawing, uh, for which project you are drawing. So um, you will always have uh, clients who ask for a more defined style and there are clients who want uh, um, um, a, a, some kind of outlining or yes, more, uh, more of a heavy outlining. And um, right. some clients want more expressive illustrations and yes it always matters for for which project you are drawing but when it comes to my own style i really helplessly have to admit i didn't find my place yet and i'm still experimenting and um yeah so i don't know if you uh took a look at my feed in in the last days because i started inktober with a friend and yes. this this is like really, really a complete different thing than uh, children's book illustration. But I think for me, it's important to to just do something um, that isn't related to that to just um, become free in my mind somehow again and uh, to work towards finding something like an own style. <laughs> right. I'm... I'm totally in favor of artists experimenting and finding their own voice, their own style. I, I like the recent drawings that you put up. They remind me of Tim Burton. And I'm a huge fan of Tim Burton's style. And those recent drawings remind me of Tim Burton's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So were you interested in working with Denise because one of the big themes of the series is climate change? Of course, it is a children's book, but the issue is so important for for everyone and and I think the the book does a or the books do a great job of introducing this theme and explaining it in a way that's very um, relatable. Yes, definitely. Uh, so the story with Denise is uh, a little bit wondrous <laughs> because uh, she wrote um, the manuscript for Mats um, Möwe uh, way before we met and um, she uh, um, as I rem remember, I think she, she tried to um, uh, send it to different publishers before, 
but um, it didn't work out so well or she uh, wasn't um, convinced uh, about the um, uh, way uh, the publishers wanted to handle the book. And um, right. so she started to uh, search for an illustrator online to just make somehow the next step. And uh, she posted uh, um, something about her book uh, in a children's book uh, illustrators group on on Facebook and who uh, there were so many people interested in this but I left her my Instagram feed yeah and she she reached out to me and said oh I love your illustrations I would like to do this with you and then I read the manuscript and I was just not in love with the story, I was in love with the person who wrote it because she just uh, spoke out of my heart. And um, so when we uh, had the first call, it was just such a perfect personal match. Um, also in right. the way uh, we see the world that we started to work with each other. And uh, I made a little... Um, storyboard for her manuscript and then we send it to um, a small selection of publishers who uh, are also into um, uh, publishing ecologically yeah and right yeah and we found uh, the Schienemann Verlag and this was a good match too <laughs> yes so this was like a big miracle because uh, when I think back, I think almost like 50 illustrators uh, uh, were um, trying to uh, get to her and, and uh, to um, illustrate this book. So I, I'm really, really, really thankful that she shows me. <laughs> wow. So I had no idea. Um about the backstory on how you all came together on the project. It really sounds like the stars were aligned for you guys to work together, that you were definitely the right person to bring her words to life through your illustrations. Yes. And things in life just happen. <laughs> yeah. And as I said before, I'm I'm so thankful. It's it's like always I I couldn't uh, thank Denise enough for uh, choosing me to do this because, um, you know, it's not just that the personal match, it's about um, a certain way of living and a certain way of transporting information that really, really is important for us to share. And uh, she is such a great communicator when it comes to um, the big green question and climate change uh, yeah you know in, in Germany uh, uh, especially if you live in the more um, yeah in the land side <laughs> where there are not a lot right of in the more, uh, more like rural areas <laughs> yes you have a certain mindset as I uh, said before especially the northern Germans can be can be um, uh, a little bit introverted um, you have a certain mindset <laughs> right. that that is not so not so open at times and um, 
uh, also you have uh, a lot of elderly people who uh, live their way uh, their life in a certain way when they see the young uh, people go outside the streets and uh, demonstrating for greener living they uh, they talk about oh nice they can skip school or oh, oh they they uh, why don't they uh, go and clean the beaches and uh, are the um, the teens um, littering our parks? Uh, they they just want to um, skip school somehow, and uh, yeah, you have this this kind of mindset, and um, right, you also have to. Um, uh, oh well, thank you so much for cooking, but I will just have the pe uh, potatoes and some salad uh, because I don't eat uh, meat uh, and they are just like i don't know they're like uh they they feel like they are uh, attacked somehow <laughs> right right yes <laughs> you still have to deal with that so if i visit friends in, in berlin or uh, when i go um to hamburg or no matter a bigger city <laughs> you don't have to uh, to deal with this kind of rectification at all it's just a, a whole different world but um i know when i go home i uh sometimes have to make myself a little side meal and and my parents are like mm, yeah but there's some just just some butter inside don't be don't be like that <laughs> <laughs> i i know this it's all yeah it's hard to in english we say you know when uh older people have been living in a certain way for so long we say that they are set in their ways and a lot of hard for them to change or change but i was surprised um a few years back with my my stepdad so so i'm not a vegetarian but in my past for about a year or so i was and now there's times when i don't eat meat at all uh, and i i would try to tell different people in my family like yeah you know you should try to be a little bit healthier and and think about this and you get that push back with like oh you just age people blah 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 it's like ah you know, there's nothing wrong with this when I was a kid and on and on and on. And then... <laughs> That's my f favorite sentence for this as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And a few years ago, my stepdad became a vegetarian because he had some heart problems and he had to start taking medication, so he changed his diet. And because he changed his diet, he was able to stop taking the medication. And so... It was funny because, and he still does it today. He's like, oh, have you heard about this book? Are you the same person? <laughs> Ten years ago about maybe if you change your diet and you could do this or do that, that it would have this, this type of effect on you and you didn't want to listen. And now he's like all into it. And, and he is, let's see, he's 66. So... It's been around probably like seven or eight years for him living that type of lifestyle. And I was completely shocked. So 
I think if he can change, there's hope for others to change. But also, it also took him having a medical condition for him to say, like, okay, maybe I do need to different to get some different results. And so, yeah, he completely changed his outlook on that. Um, he's much healthier. He walks every day. Um, he never really, I don't think he eats meat at all now. Um, if he does, maybe it's only like one or two times a year. So I still have a bit of hope that some older people can change. But I know with some, it's just never going to happen. But I also say, you know, you hear a lot of old people say, yeah, these are older people. These young people, they're just so lazy and blah, blah, blah. But I don't really see it that way because I see these young people that are always out in the streets protesting, um, raising awareness um, for a lot of different issues online all the time. And for me, that's not being lazy. That's being very concerned about their future and the type of world that they want to live in. I see them as being very proactive these days. So I think there is still a bit of, a bit of hope, <laughs> but it depends on the days that you ask me. But overall, I will say that I'm, I'm really proud of the younger generation for taking control of their future. And I hope that they continue to, to keep it up because I'm very active on issues. So I like to see that type of, um, yeah, that type of mentality continue on. Um, are you a vegetarian or a vegan or plant-based? Plant-based. Uh, so, okay. um, uh, since I'm not living with my parents, I, uh, I just have this like every, uh, four months or something like this or three months depends on how much time I spend there. But, um, for me, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not like, uh, I want to, to put a label on it. I, uh, I choose meal by meal what I eat and I try to be really conscious about, um, what I put inside of my belly. <laughs> right. Um, and to think about, uh, what it's meant to have this sip of milk right now or to have this piece of butter or to um yeah so i'm i'm uh i did not have a pig for example i think the last time when i was 14 or something like that and then i stopped eating chicken like mm, i think 15 years ago because i worked in a um uh on a on a chicken farm on on the, po on the poultry farm and i saw okay. how how they are living and then i was just like no, I, I, I could not eat this <laughs> even if right. i left <laughs> and right um, yeah so but i think it was also um my my illness some years ago when i completely changed the way i eat and i lost a lot of weight like almost 30 kilogram and uh oh, wow. yes <laughs> and um the strength 
the uh, strange thing is I'm eating more now than I ever have before. <laughs> I love eating. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I constantly hold my personal good weight. I'm in a good shape. I'm in, in the same shape as I was when I was a teenager. And um, I eat a lot of uh, green stuff. I eat uh, a lot of lentils. I love uh, Indian food. And there's dal, you know, I love dal. It's so good. <laughs> and I, I really <laughs> eat a lot, but I'm still, I'm still in a good shape, you know, and, and this is like, a big right. aha moment to just realize I don't have to um, um, eat less or uh, things that I don't like uh, to to be healthy. It's it's just a different mindset and inform yourself about what you can eat uh, without making your um, CO2 uh, print in the world even bigger uh, and, and you still can enjoy that it's it's so good and um, yeah you, you lose nothing by change by changing <laughs> right like it's still possible to be in love with food with a different diet there's a lot of variety yeah. out there so this is this is definitely true yeah I I stopped drinking milk when I was around 20 um, and I'm 46 now and uh, that happened because I in in college I had a professor in in uh, my anatomy and physiology course and we were talking about um, being lactose intolerant and he was explaining to us that Yes, that's what you should be because by age of five or so, you should lose the enzyme. And he was saying, have you ever seen an adult animal drinking milk from its mother in the wild? Like, what is that? And then he explained yes. the process and, and he explained to us how Europeans were farmers and they kind of adapted over the years. But just because people of Asian and African descent cannot process milk he was saying that's what is normal and then i was like really and so i because you know i grew up in america we eat a lot in america we eat big portions and there's this thing with like you eat and then sometimes your stomach hurts and you think it's normal and it's like no that's not normal you're overeating and i stopped drinking i just stopped buying milk like I will occasionally, of course, have like ice cream or like a milkshake, but I haven't bought and had a glass of actual milk since I was around 20 years old. And then I was like, okay, I'm not buying milk anymore. And I stopped. And then I noticed such a big difference like right away with my overall health. But we had been conditioned in America because the dairy industry it has a big... um they have a big uh, lobbyist arm. So there was always this milk does the body good campaign and you can't be big and strong unless you drink milk and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. But then you learn from like reading and actually educating yourself that there's so many other foods that have a higher concentration of calcium and different things. It's like, no, milk is not actually great for you. But 
you've been told that it is. So, yeah, there were certain things like over the years that I've also cut out of my diet. And yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. So I also feel in many ways, even at 46, I feel healthier than when I was in my 20s on certain things just because of yeah the the way I've changed my um my diet over the years and especially since moving to Germany I'm not eating fast food all the time so that has had a big big impact on my life not having access to fast food all the time so that's just something that I'm really happy about. So I've never dealt with these conditions of like high blood pressure, um, heart problems that I see so many of like my friends and family like dealing with. So I can, I can also relate to, to the, the food topic as well and the lifestyle change. So let me ask you, where do you see yourself going next with, with um, your illustrator career are you hoping to maybe write your own book one day and do the illustrations or do you want to stick to just being the illustrator (laughs) um i have like uh, two uh, stories i want to share with the world someday but i'm really shy about my texts um and i'm i'm still working on that uh you know it's it's one thing to um to draw and you are somehow um, communicating through pictures uh than to actually write something it's almost like talking to someone and as i told you before i'm really really uh um nervous when it comes to uh, um, direct communication <laughs> right uh, i was really uh excited and nervous about this uh interview and i'm still <laughs> so you're doing great <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh so i think it's it's the same with uh writing your own stories um i'm glad i uh have Denise and so many friends who are good with words so I think if I'm at that stage that I want to share my my stories um the one is is like really a a children's book and the other one is uh, a graphic novel so this needs a lot of planning I never did this before I I did a lot of comic strips um but this is like a really completely new uh, thing to plan and um, yeah I still have to sort this out but I think um, I will focus on my own children's book at the moment and hope to find a publisher for it and okay um, but I think the next step would be to um, make a liberello out of uh, the um, um, unfolding adventure with the Inktober uh, challenge at the moment. So I, I really would like to um, 
finish this somehow and, and there's there's not a lot of time so there's some some pressure too <laughs> uh what what is this challenge oh you never heard of inktober oh, no you should do it it's awesome there's so many nice challenges <laughs> on instagram going on for for illustrators and artists um inktober was uh founded some years ago by oh, I'm not good with names. I'm sorry. Uh, I have to look it up and I will send you a link, of course. No. And um, okay. <laughs> the challenge uh, contains a prompt list with uh, 31 words and um, you are uh, you can you can just um, participate uh, on this for each day or just for some days as you like. Uh, and right. then you're just uh, drawing what comes into your mind for this word that was given and um this ex yeah this this boomed so much uh some years ago and now people even start to make their own prompt lists for inktober and um they are starting to um make up whole stories from the words uh, right yeah, to make an, an ongoing um, yeah illustrated story and uh, yeah you just have to hashtag it with October um, 2020 for example uh, and and okay. then this is like shared and seen uh, over the whole uh, Instagram com community and um, it's really really nice <laughs> and it's fun <laughs> wow okay yeah I would definitely check that out i'm not so great with challenges but i do think that's great because the advice that i hear from a lot of other artists is that artists can sometimes tend to we always live in our own head mm -hmm. and sometimes because of that we don't do something like ah uh, yeah no that's not good enough so i'm not even going to start it so it's just about doing something every day even if you just take out a piece of paper and just scribble something on it or you take out your journal and you just write a few words down it's a good exercise in getting yourself to do things so that's something i guess one silver lining for me in 2020 is that i've started and completed so many projects because i just force myself to do something every day and complete something every day instead of, no, oh, I'll do it like next week or I have this idea, but eh, it's not ready yet or I'm not sure. Now I just do it and a lot of times just put it out there. And I've had positive results with that. So I can definitely see how the October like challenge is fun and very beneficial for people and, and artists. So I will definitely check that out. I appreciate the, the recommendation. And so you mentioned that you do comic strips. Are you working on any comic strips right now? Um, no, I think the next comic project would be that graphic novel. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but uh, I want this um, to have a certain style and I, I still need to uh, draw a lot to find the style I am looking for it or to, to reach it somehow. 
So I right. think this will be uh, an ongoing project, and uh, <laughs> I don't know when when this will actually happen. It's just preparation and get the right mindset to do this. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I will um, after the the Inktober challenge, I will focus on my own uh, children's book. And um, I think my mom is working on a text uh, since years. She's very anxious about <laughs> her written work. Okay. <laughs> but she... Uh, after after I uh, mailed her, hey, I'm done. Uh, the second uh, Mats is in in, uh, in printing process. Uh, she just wrote, okay, now the more rainier and darker months are coming. I think we can start this. Uh, she she's almost done. So maybe as I promised her some years ago, we will just do this. <laughs> And because this okay. is a story that um, I need to be shared, uh, it's um, it's a story she told uh, me and my sisters when we were little kids uh, as a good night story, and I loved it. So um, yeah, <laughs> I think this will this will also be. Um, I think I will put more uh, focus on in the next months, but. Yeah, I would just try to to finish Inktober, then to work a little bit on my own book and sideways start to make a concept for my mom's uh, story. Wow! Oh, <laughs> good you. luck with that. <laughs> and by the way, um, to just uh, make a little link to what you said earlier before you asked, uh, I loved your exhibition at the sneaker store. It looked so rad, and you can be so proud of yourself. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm very happy to have that opportunity and the opportunity. I've had other opportunities, so I'm hoping <laughs> that more opportunities continue to to come in the uh, in the future. So that that is the goal. That's the hope. I for me. I I think. But uh, I you continue don't have to worry to about this. You yeah. have such um, a nice and specific style already. And I think this is something um, artists work on their whole life. And I don't know if I look at you, when I look at your pictures, it's just like, okay, he has this style and it's, it's his style. And uh, you are pretty far for an artist, I think. <laughs> well, but I also, thank you, but also feel that I'm, where you are at, we're trying to develop a style because I started art really in 2018. Um, I just, it's always something that I wanted to do. Um, my ex-girlfriend bought me the, yeah, the paint and some canvas and I started, but I have artists that I like and the influences, um, you know, a lot of people that are not into art, they always look at certain art, especially abstract, and they say, oh, I can do that. But it's not as easy as it looks because I love um, Jean-Michel Basquiat. 
and it looks like a three-year-old did it but when you look closely it's not and every time i've just tried like let me just see if i can do something like a basquiat it turns out nothing like his painting because it actually is very difficult and then through that process of like buying things i've started to like yeah, refine and develop my own style, certain cues into my own art that's like my signature thing. But it's always, like you said, it's always a process. And um, I think as an artist, we are always our harshest critics. So there could be something that the whole world loves. And an artist, whether it's like... Uh, someone who paints, who draws, or who does music, or who writes, will say, oh my god, I hate it. It's the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. But the whole world loves it. Because it's like you're never, in some cases, you're never happy with what you create. You're always looking for, I don't know, some type of perfection. So what I've done recently is I've been watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix about um, jazz artists and just other artistic people and how they develop their style and their work. And yeah, that kind of influences me on to, to in developing my own thing. So I'm not there yet, but thank you. I really appreciate um, the compliment. So I, I love it. It's a passion of mine and yeah, recently people have been buying artwork and I'm very happy about that as well. It's always exciting to see my artwork and something that I created hanging in someone else's space. And I can imagine it's the same for you to know that you created this thing and now people are opening the book and looking at something that you created. That's that has to be an awesome feeling. It's uh, still overwhelming. <laughs> it's also yeah. I, I, I remember when when we um, dropped the first book, and uh, there was so much uh, affirmation in my little city. We have like two bookstores here, three, three. I think it's three. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive, actually. <laughs> and. Um, you know these these bookstore uh, keepers by name. You know you know them since years, and uh, they uh, they put this book in the front uh, uh, window, to, and it was displayed. And I walked through the city, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what is this?" <laughs> it was such a strange feeling to see it, and. Um, yeah, to just get the feedback of uh, of former friends and and uh, unknown um, people uh, about this book and uh, how they liked it and uh, yeah, how their kids reacted uh, on this book. It was just unreal. I I still. Um, I'm still working on processing this feeling. <laughs> Uh, somehow right. and if you are um, a more introvert 
work alike. I am. I, I really, when I'm working on a project, I uh, shut myself in and then I'm just pulling it through <laughs> most of the time. Right. Um, you uh, you are so uh, interweb with your work that you cannot um, foresee how it will be perceived uh, by other people after you release it into the world and it's still like I still I'm still at the um, um, border of this feeling that it's released you know when I open the book the first one I'm I'm just seeing okay this I could have done better and there the the color isn't isn't perfect and like that as you said before you always have this kind of perfection thing but um, I don't know. I, I think some years ago I had uh, also um, a certain kind of uh, enlightenment. Uh, there's this right. uh, sentence by um, a really, really awesome designer and I already forget the name again and it's um, better than than perfect. Hmm. It's almost like in a relationship. You know, you you cannot have a perfect relationship. It's not a it's it's not it's not possible at all to have one. You will right. always have some kind of misunderstanding or some kind of a little argument or something. But the point is you have this relationship and you're working on it constantly and it's the same thing with every piece of art or every project you're working on is to let go of these feelings that are holding you back to to release uh, something into the wild somehow <laughs> and right and i think this is the most important thing that uh, an artist uh, needs to understand to actually work um, with some kind of consistency and uh, um, discipline. So um, this is also what the, this challenge we talked earlier is uh, about for me at the moment. I'm I'm limiting myself within this challenge to um, uh, erase uh, as as less as possible and. Uh, and to just um, work with three different uh, brushes because I'm a digital artist uh, most of the time and um, I'm, I'm just trying to limiting myself and to accept if there is a mistake in this picture. <laughs> um, and yeah, right. so this, this is really important to accept that mistakes in art do not exist. Yeah. This is true. Like that is a big part of the reason why I do the type of art that I do or the type of art that I like is it's almost I look at it as commentary about life and ourselves because no one is perfect. But a lot of times it's the imperfections that make us unique. And actually, it's the reason why a person may like you. So it's, I, I kind of like things that are raw or unfinished or you see a mistake, but that mistake means that there's some humanity in it. Sometimes things that are too perfect 
it doesn't resonate with me because I'm like, I ah, I don't feel a connection to it. It feels almost robotic. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about, yeah, the humanity in something, especially now because we live in this digital world and not an analog world. So it's the reason why I prefer music on vinyl because you hear the hissling and the cracking and it's such a warm sound compared to music that's just streamed. So, yeah, I tend to always root for the mistake in some ways. Like, okay, you know, you're striving for for perfection, but it's not humanly possible. So, you know, the mistakes just shows that you are on your way. So, yeah, I... I, I really get that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope I did not torture you too badly <laughs> and you were able to survive. <laughs> um, where can the people find you online? Um, I'm working on my uh, portfolio at the moment. So in uh, some months, there will be an actually homepage. But uh, for now, you can find me via Instagram. And my name is Katinkara. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been wonderful. I really enjoyed talking to you. The first time talking to you, actually. Um Yes. I hope it's not the last because um, I look forward to many, many upcoming projects from you and I wish you much success and anytime you want to promote your projects, feel free to come on and we will, we'll, we will chat about them. Oh, thank you so much for having me and likewise and <laughs> every way <laughs> it was really really Thank fun you. talking to you and uh, you uh, took a lot of anxi- uh, anxiety and uh, nervousness from me but I'm still am as you can hear <laughs> so no it's fine <laughs> so thank you for um, inviting me to have this podcast it was really really fun and um, yes I would also like to uh, have some chats now and then to just keep each other updated on the projects we are working on. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, You're very welcome for everything. It's been great. And I will talk to you later, Katrin. Have a good day. You too, Diane. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the episode. If you have any questions or feedback, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to contact me at chavopod at gmail.com. That is C-H-O-W-V-O-P-O-D. And if you enjoyed the content, please do me a favor and rate or subscribe to the podcast. So till we meet again, my friends, I'm out. Take care.